Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store Welcome, everyone, to episode 158 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Toporek, and today we're going to talk about DeMarcus Cousins breaking the NBA, whatever the hell the Los Angeles Lakers are doing, and recapping more of the signings from Monday and early Tuesday. Before we get underway, reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some reviews. We'd love any feedback. We're now being hosted on the Almighty Baller Podcast Network, so check them out on Twitter, at AlmightyCasts. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? Have we become a daily podcast? <laughs> it seems like it. I mean, then again, free agency is like almost over already, so I guess we're, <laughs> yeah. we're going to have very little to talk about, which we did not expect coming in. I can sleep again. I know, you really can. It's amazing. There's like four teams with cap space, and we're two days into free agency. And at least two of them are not going to spend that. Right. I, I'm guessing. Maybe yeah. even three. The the Kings, the Hawks, and the Bulls. Yeah, the kid, I mean, one of them, the Bulls will at least presumably spend some of it to retain Zach Levine. We'll see. I mean, there's still some restricted free agents hanging out there, Jabari Parker, Levine, but two of the Right, but restricted are- doesn't really count, though. Does it? Yeah. Like, well, yeah, that's just well, keeping your own guys. Right, right, right. It's true. Um, yeah, and one of the big ones is already, or two of the big ones are already off the board in Aaron Gordon and Julius Randle, who we will touch on later. But more obviously the big story from Monday, DeMarcus Cousins joining the Warriors on a one-year $5.3 million deal. That's just the taxpayer mid-level exception. Um, there was... I mean, the surprise on Twitter when that news broke was just truly spectacular. And I think now there's started to be some analysis about how, like, this isn't necessarily the NBA breaking move that it seemed like right away. Like, your instinct takes over and you're like, oh my god, they're literally just going to start an all-star starting lineup next year when Boogie comes back. But, um, you know, he's coming back from an Achilles injury they almost certainly cannot re-sign him next summer. So it's more like of a one-year anomaly than it is a long-term, they're going to have DeMarcus Cousins for the next 10 years and just win 10 straight titles. That said, Mort, what are your thoughts on DeMarcus going to the Warriors? Are you are you, are you you worried that, it's gonna, that he's not going to be the same player and that we all got overhyped about this? Or do you think the underselling of it is now has like the the reaction has gone too far and it's just like he's so obviously going to help them if he's healthy that we're trying to like figure out reasons there there's still right. going to be a season right now but in all, in reality 
this just further cemented the Warriors winning next year's title. Well, I, I'm actually just sad that he's injured, <laughs> period, mm-hmm. period, because I wanted to see him fully healthy on Golden State from day one. That would mm-hmm. be fun. I mean, look, uh, the NBA has gotten so ridiculous anyway, mm-hmm. and, and I mean that in a positive sense because this is a weird league and I love it. So why not? Like a fully healthy boogie starting at center for the Warriors would have been dope. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> I don't know what we are to expect from him. I mean, that Achilles Achilles rupture, I think. I was about to say tear, but it's like a, it barely, it almost exploded. That's just such a devastating injury. So we don't really know what to expect. He can come back in like December, January, even February. Like, I think they're going to take their time. Mm-hmm. He's still going to help. I don't think he's going to be like 2% of what he, he he usually was. Like, he's going to be a an above average NBA player. The thing is, like, how much better mm-hmm. is he going to be like just a 20 minute pl- player from here on out even so he's a wonderful passer he can still shoot the three and he doesn't really put a whole lot of lift on his jump shot so i think that could stay intact and he's still 6 11 270 so unless someone has to foul him really hard he can score inside i mean <laughs> right i i'm not really seeing you know there, there are, as you said, there are a whole lot of analysis out there. Oh, he won't be as effective. Yeah, no, he won't be. Because when you remove athleticism, that's absolutely going to affect you. But his game, I feel, is not so reliant on athleticism that when he comes back, he can ease himself into it. And then around the playoffs, he'll still be a guy who can contribute in, in some of the factors that are just fundamental, fundamentally sound basketball. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's... I like I guess I can see some downside to the move, but honestly not really. Like they signed Nick Young with their taxpayer mid level next last year. Like even if Demarcus Cousins is ten percent of what he was, he's still gonna be more valuable than what Nick Young was to that team last year. Oh for sure. For sure. And that like ten per- and, and that's just like ten percent is is like worst case scenario. Yeah, right. No no no. I I mean that's the thing. Like, right. right. The, yeah. the Warriors, as you said, they can slow play this. They have no reason to rush Boogie back. I mean, the regular season, they've proven, doesn't really matter for them. Like, home court advantage <laughs> right. doesn't matter, especially yeah. when you have, again, an all-star starting lineup. Yep. So their only... All-NBA mi- lineup, actually. Yeah, right. Like, their only mission is to get through, get those five guys and Iggy through the regular season healthy, and they're going to win the title next year. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're not going to rush Boogie back. Uh, I think Zach Lowe, I think it was in his column today about this, that he said, they're, you know, Boogie's saying he's targeting training camp, but, like, realistically, Christmas Day is probably more of a realistic target for him. And even that, honestly, seemed early. Like, it wouldn't totally shock me if we don't see him until the All-Star break or until after the All-Star break. I think you do need time. I mean, he's going to need time in the regular season just to get back into game shape and get used to his teammates like they can't mm-hmm. just hold him out throughout the entire regular season and then expect him to make an impact in the playoffs right. but they also don't need him game one opening night to play 35 minutes a night like he's in the perfect situation to rehab slowly and take it easy and you know get back up to speed gradually which i think is good for him mm-hmm. um i mean it, it just it the risk is so low here, and the reward the reward is so high. Like, the worst-case scenario is that he either just never gets back up to speed 
or he too, you know, proves like uh, all of the concerns about his locker room presence right. prove true, <clears throat> and then they can just cut him. It doesn't matter. Like that—that's the worst case scenario. You wasted five million dollars, yeah. and you just cut him. But the reward is so high, and I think you—I mean—you have to assume because he's on a one-year deal, because he's coming back from this injury, because he's going to be a free agent next summer, he's going to be on his best behavior. Like he can't risk going into next summer, you know, having been cut by the Warriors or having all these stories leak about him being a negative presence in the locker room of a three-time champion. Right. So, he, so he's going to be, I mean, he's going to be a model citizen this year, I would assume. But wasn't he better this year? Or, sorry, last year? Yeah, with the Pelicans. Like, with the Pelicans. Like, yeah. I, I, I felt like we heard nothing about, you know, him being negative. And, I, I, I mean, look, it, I feel that Boogie is getting this rep of being, like, a, a, a bad influence type of guy. Whereas, mm-hmm. you look at the Kings, like, they just <laughs> did not develop the personality aspect of him. Like right. he was frustrated because they kept jerking him around. They like, oh, they fi- he finally had a coach he liked in Mike Malone yeah. and they fired him. Right. I mean, it, it's just he got meningitis. Because exactly. So, I think there's a component here where I'm not saying Boogie is blameless at all, obviously. Right. Like he has responsibility. He's a grown-ass man. <laughs> all these things are are very obvious, but I think a bad situation can just compound stuff. I totally. think that it can just make things a lot worse than it really is. And he he joined the Pelicans, and I didn't really hear a beep out of him. Like, things were just great. In, in fact, you know, AD was like, hey, I, I like playing with him. He's a good guy. Like, we found each other's rhythm. And, mm-hmm. and to, to Boogie's credit, like, he incorporated himself fully. Like, when he came to the Pelicans, it was like, I know it's AD's team. I'm right. here to help. Right. I think that adjustability is something that we just underrate with Boogie. And the fact that he actually wanted to go to the Warriors also indicates to me that he's like, you know what, I, I don't care about personal stuff. I don't yeah. care about it. I just I just want to win. And here's here's my thinking on this. We've all said, oh, this is a one-year rental because he's going to get his value back up and he's going to go in the free agency market in 2019, you know, whatever. What if they win the ring? And remember, Bookie's very emotional. Mm-hmm. What if he loves it? He loves the environment, and he's just willing to take the one hundred and twenty percent. That would be, I mean, it's possible. It's totally possible. I think, given how many teams project to have cap space next summer, some like there aren't going to be enough good players compared to the amount of teams with cap space next summer. Like with all of these guys taking one year deals or accepting mm. their player options. The free agent market is going to be overfilled with these like second and third tier guys, but there aren't going to be, especially if Clay Thompson signs as an extension with Golden State or just stays there. It's going to be like Kawhi, who it seems like he's going to go to the Lakers one way or the other. It's going to be Kyrie. It's going to be Jimmy Butler. And then mm-hmm. like Kevin Love, if he declines his player option, Chris Middleton, but like DeMarcus is. If he rehabs his value this summer or this year, he's gonna get a fat paycheck next summer. So you're right. Like he he could say, "All right, I'm cool with taking whatever it is, like six point four or five million dollars." But you would think, coming off of that injury, he's gonna want to get a big payday from somewhere, and then he's gonna. It, it won't matter. Like he'll have his ring, and then he can retire a champion, and it's the best of both worlds for him. 
Yeah, absolutely. But what I'm looking at here is just him, the, the emotional pers- personality that he has. Mm-hmm. Like, he seems to be one of those guys who just loves to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, where, you know, where he just values certain things over money. Like, the things that he get, get upset about in games. Like, he's he's a very passionate human being. We can right. sit here and laugh at him, like, picking up technicals and whatnot. But he's he's very emotional. He's very reliant on, you know, team structure, team concept. And when things are flowing, like, he's, he's your guy. You want him in that corner. Mm-hmm. And we've seen so many times that he actually values like Steph and Clay and those guys like they have he has fun with those guys in, right. in practice at Team USA practice and all that I, I have a feeling that environment is just going to play such a big factor in his decision next year especially if he and Draymond really hits it off which apparently they're friends I did not know that they had a relationship off the court but apparently they did mm-hmm. and just a side note to this like Draymond Green is potentially personally and directly responsible for getting both KD and DeMarcus Cousins. Like, that alone is huge. He's a better recruiter than LeBron James. He is. I mean, and we can sit here and laugh about that, but he is. Like, he truly is. And and I just have a feeling that Bookie, even though we all look at it, oh, it's a one-year rental, I have a feeling that he's not necessarily looking at money as the defining factor. And who knows? Who knows? Mm-hmm. What I'm hoping here is that he bounces back and we can just see him play basketball at a high level again. Mm-hmm. Screw the ring, because the Warriors were probably going to win anyway, unless Boston just put everything together, which I had them as doing, but we don't know. Like right. I'm guessing that Boston would have won the ring. Here's the thing, though: it was still a, you know, it's a crapshoot in the finals against yeah. the Warriors because <laughs> three-time champions. But I, I just want to see Bookie play well again and see him get healthy and and string together a lot of games where he just is consistent Mm -hmm. here's my thing i want him to start as soon as he comes back not playing heavy minutes but i want him to start Mm -hmm. because i think he needs to be acclimated to that it's that role immediately because when he's healthy he is going to start i think it would just uh expedite the whole process a little bit and the thing here's i gotta just ask you this have you seen on twitter when this happened the people were like but who's gonna score off the bench (laughs) like you know you can just stagger the minutes of these five guys it doesn't matter the warriors can realistically have the the shallowest bench in the nba come playoff time yeah won't matter won't matter they could just they could have a six-man rotation of those five guys and andre iguodala and jordan bell Right. And there I mean, you go. I'm not even saying. I'm saying like not even factoring in Jordan Bell and Quinn Cook and whoever else, Jacob yeah. Evans, doesn't matter. Like they could have those six guys, and their top six will be worlds better than anyone else's top six. And when all rotations shorten in the playoffs, if they go into the playoffs healthy and they stay healthy throughout the playoffs, it's game over. Mm. Doesn't matter what. No matter what any other team does. Like I thought. There. I mean. I. I I, I was like you. I thought Boston had a realistic shot. I think this at least lowers those odds considerably. I thought maybe Boston... I'm writing something to give me sport about whether Boston should trade for Kawhi, and I think there's a case to be made that this reduces their incentive to do so because now Boston may not feel like, even adding Kawhi, they may not feel like they win the ring. 
Whereas, <laughs> whereas before it was like, all right, if you had Kawhi, if you swap out Jalen Brown for Kawhi Leonard, you're probably favored against the Warriors at that point. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I do want to ask you this more. Do you think Boogie, I, I agree that he's going to start games. Do you think he closes games in the playoffs? He should. He's a much better shooter than we, like, okay, assuming he's healthy, right? Like, right, right. Assuming yeah. he's productive. Okay. He's a much better shooter than we give him credit for. So mm-hmm. I think the spacing aspect alone is huge because he provides driving lanes for Kevin Durant and Stephen Curry. Um, Clay even mentioned that during that when he played with him at Team USA, like he actually gave the shooters much more space, mm-hmm. which is just frightening to think about. Mm-hmm. Because if Boogie provides additional spacing for the guys, like just th- th- those threes are going to be layups, right? So what, yeah. What about defense? All hinges on the Achilles. All hinges on you know. The, I mean, the, he was a the, mediocre defender. Even before that, though. Right? I shouldn't yeah, say that. Yeah. He was a lazy defender. All right. But here's the thing, though. 6'11", 270. Mm-hmm. He clocks up the lane. When teams stupidly go up against him in the post, like, he's a mountain. You mm-hmm. can't move him. That's that's fine. And he's a great defensive rebounder. That's, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't see the problem here. You have Draymond. You have KD, who's... Extremely long. You have Clay, who's a solid man-to-man defender. Even Steph can sometimes just come in from the weak side and just you know poke away steals. Like they have enough. I don't care. And then if all else fails, like you have Icky, who right. can step in and and take minutes there. I mean, no, I'm not worried about that really. And you know why I'm not worried as much about defense? It's because the Warriors are going to be up 27 anyway. <laughs> I mean, that's probably true. I do wonder whether, I mean, Icky's defense on the wing. I would argue is possibly more valuable than what Boogie provides on offense. So I do wonder whether they just go back to the death lineup to close close games. But luckily for the Warriors, they're not going to have to worry about that for eight or nine months. So <laughs> we'll we'll revisit that conversation in April. Um, I do think we should note as well. I've seen a lot of stuff about. You know how like the NBA is fatally flawed because this is this is yeah. this happened, uh, especially like even I, I thought it was just so ironic that the NBPA tweeted about this mm-hmm. because like they are directly responsible for oh, yeah. this Warriors team coming to fruition. Like, had they accepted cap smoothing, in all likelihood, Kevin Durant he might have still been able to join the Warriors, but Iggy would not have been there. And had they accepted cap smoothing, there wouldn't have been this one-year spike in 2016 where then every owner spent like a drunken idiot and handed out these gigantic deals to Mozgov and Dang and Joakim Noah and created the system where two years later, there was no cap space anywhere. Like, I've seen people saying Boogie should have taken a bigger deal elsewhere. Like, Where? No one has cap space. Everyone spent it in the first two days this summer. There are like five teams, I think, four or five teams that can get above $5 million in cap space, and it is the first Tuesday of free agency. Like, those big offers weren't there. The most he could have taken was the non-taxpayer mid-level exception, which would have been like $3.3 million more. Woo-hoo. Like, of course he's going to join the the Warriors and just get win basically a guaranteed ring and take a $3 million pay cut. Like, if mm-hmm. teams are upset that he went there, they should have and could have offered him more money, but no one did. 
So he did yep. what's best for him. I like. Yep. I don't. I don't want to hear anything slating Boogie for this move. It's not his fault that this confluence of circumstances unfolded the way it did. And or the Warriors. Right. Yeah, they're just taking advantage of a system that really that benefited them more than anyone else. It's not it's their fault. It's almost like the system didn't really work, and you need to take advantage of it. Hmm. <laughs> right. I, I stole that quote from Derek Botner. He had a very good tweet earlier. About oh, nice. Basically, yeah, basically just saying, hmm, maybe maybe someone should take advantage of the system. Right. Maybe it's, that's not as bad. Yeah. It's very yeah. similar to what the Sixers did with the draft. Like, exactly. You exploit loopholes whenever you can. And you, yeah. sh- you can't be mad at teams for doing that. So Exactly. So when I posted this on, on you know, Danish, uh, fa- you know, Danish Facebook, Facebook is Facebook, but but like <laughs> on my page on, on Facebook, right. which is for Danes, mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, the the hatred and ritual sent away to the NBA and <laughs> Boogie and the Warriors. It, it was pretty severe. And honestly, I'm sitting there going, they had to do it. Like, yeah. if you're a team, regardless of how good you are, if you have a chance to upgrade, like, of course you do it. Right. Like, why, w- why would you turn it down? It doesn't make sense. And th- how could the NBA, like, I saw a couple of comments about it. The NBA should veto should be this. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, you can't. They, it's within the rules. Like, right. okay, let's let's just take an example here. Let's say that we have one crazy-ass summer where the top 15 players in the entire NBA are all free agents. Mm-hmm. And they get together and go, hey, let's let's all go to the same team, mm-hmm. and we'll take these these type of contracts, whatever. Like they arrange, they sit fifteen players and plan, you know, out their contracts so it works under the salary cap, mm-hmm. and they go to one team. If it's if it's legal, you can't say shit, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's all it's just very uninformed. This whole discussion about like. <laughs> why yeah the veto idea is dumb it's just it's allowed it's allowed it, it it's, it's allowed. a one-time it's... circumstance i i think there will be a lot more backlash honestly if what you suggested earlier if he just signs for six million next year and issues these like yep if he gets a hundred million dollar offer and he signs for six million then we have you know then you can make an argument that there's a problem with competitive balance but, like, the Warriors don't give a shit about competitive balance. Their entire mission is to win more rings. Don't fault them for taking advantage of the system. It's yeah, just... but, but is that system wrong? Like, if just let's just take it. If Bookie actually has a $100 million offer next year and he takes $6 million, I mean, that's his prerogative, right? Right, it is. I think then you could start making the argument that, you know, that then there's... A problem because in theory the one advantage bad teams have is at least you can offer him a lot yeah, more money. money so if yeah. you can't if, if like there is nothing a bad team can do to lure a good player then you can start arguing that something needs to change but yeah bad think... teams should change like, right like oh i'm sorry think... i'm getting really upset about this because it's the bad team like when t- when when people say oh the warriors ruined the nba no Bad teams ruin themselves, mm-hmm. and as such, they ruin the competitive balance. Mm-hmm. Portland didn't need to give Evan Turner seventy million. Yeah, the Magic didn't need to <laughs> right. give Bismack Biombo seventy million. Right. The, the The Lakers didn't have to give Timothy Moskov sixty four and Dang seventy two. The Knicks didn't have to pay Joakim Noah. Like so many teams are screwing themselves. Let, let's look at a, a team like Orlando. Yeah. 
They not only traded up to get Alfred Payton and ended up shipping him away for, <laughs> for a second rounder, right. they also cashed in their small chips for Serge Ibaka, who they later traded for Terrence Ross in a second rounder. Yeah. They didn't even pick the fourth pick up the fourth-year option on Mario Hisonia. They played Aaron Gordon out of position for two years or three years. Like, every decision they made was their own doing. Mm-hmm. That's what made them bad. Mm-hmm. That you, you can't sit here and point fingers at the Warriors and go, oh, you ruined the NBA. No. Shoddy management and shoddy ownership, like if you look at the Knicks, right. ruined the NBA. The NBA is ruined, but you know right. what I mean. Like, right. that's, ruined that's particular where, teams. Exactly. That's yeah. not the fault of the Warriors. So when people sit there and go, oh, but that player should be on the Knicks or match. What? No. They did not want to go there because that team sucked by its own accord. <laughs> right. Right, yeah. I would be, I think it would be very reactionary and dumb of the NBA to change anything, like overhaul any part of its system, aside from if there's another salary cap spike, implement effing cap smoothing players association. But like, I don't think there should be a hard cap because of this. I don't think they should like change the way max contracts I think they should change one, they should change one thing though. What's that? When you have bad ownership, not bad management, like w- when they meddled with the Philadelphia model, that was mm-hmm. wrong. Mm-hmm. But when they have bad ownership, like James Dolan, mm-hmm. interfere mm. in some way that's pro- more productive. Like if you see a team that has 20 odd years of shitty management or ownership, mm-hmm. not management, ownership, where, you know, the Charles Oakley situation, the bad, you know, the the constant chances for Isaiah Thomas, the sexual harassment cause, every all all those things, interfere, like try to get something moving that makes you. I don't know. I don't know if you can force a sale, but well, they did with with Sterling though. Yeah, that that's a slippery slope though. It might be, but I mean, if you have a a, a team, an organization that for over twenty years is just really horrible. Yeah, and it's because of shoddy ownership. Like, what should we just let them be this bad? Yeah, and then just all right. <laughs> yes, force the owners to get better. Yeah, but and if that doesn't happen, then what? Then they're <laughs> then they're gonna suck. Like, and they, then I every mean, team who does their job right is apparently going to take the blame. Right. You can't. That makes you can't zero legislate, sense. You can't legislate out stupidity, no matter what you do. Yeah. No, I guess not. But I, but what you can do is maybe not. Then and this is to the fans out there: not blame teams who do well. Right, right. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year: up to sixty percent off all back to school styles for kids and baby. Get flip flops for two bucks, graphic tees for four bucks, shorts for six dollars, and jeans for eight dollars. Right now, get the best kids styles at kid size prices: just two, four, six, and eight dollars. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. Well, speaking of, I don't know if it's stupidity necessarily, but questionable decisions. Uh, so the Los Angeles Lakers rescinded their, or their rights to Julius Randle which made him an unrestricted free agent. They then immediately signed or agreed to sign Rajon Rondo to a one-year $9 million deal. Could you explain what the Lakers are doing, Mort? Well, 
they're basically <laughs> following up their greatest free agent acquisition of all time mm-hmm. with some of the worst free agent acquisitions <laughs> of all time. It. I mean, look, I don't really have a problem with Rondo. Right. I think I have a problem paying Rondo $9 million, and yes. I think I have a problem with renouncing Julius fucking Randall for, you know... To just, just to get the chance Rondo. to overpay for Rondo, right. that's that's a problem. I I will say this: if it's just like out of courtesy that they renounced Randall because he knew he wouldn't be getting a big role, right? I can sort of respect that, mm-hmm. but that still seems short, very short sighted to me. Like if the Pelicans wanted to give him that deal, you could have facilitated some type of sign and trade. Mm-hmm. I don't okay. do what did, did it become a sign and trade? It no, didn't, right? I don't think so. No? I don't know. I just I I don't see where they're going with this. They have virtually no shooting right now. Like KCP is like good, but not great. Mm-hmm. LeBron Streaky. is actually one of their best shooters. Yeah. It's just I I'm not really sure what they're doing. I I'm not saying that you have to just do the whole hey let's put shooters and solely shooters around LeBron. I I'm not right. saying they should go that route necessarily. I think it's good to have something else, but. Where's the shooting going to come from? Lonzo Ball? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'll play devil's advocate and try to make this make sense for Lakers fans, but let it be known that I don't necessarily believe all of this. (laughs) One, LeBron, you know, toward the end of the finals after JR's massive brain fart, he spoke repeatedly about how it isn't just, like, physical talent, but... You need like really high basketball IQ to beat the Warriors. And Rondo is, you know, for all of his faults, he's a really fucking smart basketball player. Like he, he is. I, I forget someone, I think someone on Bleacher Report had a column uh, about him earlier in the playoffs. And I, like it just detailed, you know, the type of preparation. I think it was about like, you know, the playoff Rondo moniker. Um, oh, yeah. And, and like how. He just he's like neurotic about studying film and studying tendencies. And LeBron even mentioned Rondo when he was talking about these guys with the Celtics. And he was like, you know, when Rondo was with KG and Paul Pierce and Ray Allen, like he was calling out opposing our our plays. Like he knew what we were going to run. So mm-hmm. LeBron very well might have said, like, look, I I want smart players i don't want to be in a situation where i'm playing the warriors and i have a chance to beat them and take a 1-0 lead and my teammate gets an offensive rebound and forgets that the game is tied like i don't think that's going to happen with rajon rondo so that's that's one thing two uh ramona shelburne i think and there are multiple reports that came out after the agreement that they haven't promised lonzo ball is going to start this year they said, like, Rondo is coming to camp with the opportunity to start. So maybe they are hoping that that competition, by virtue of, you know, they don't want Alonzo to get complacent and think, like, everything is being handed to him. Bringing in a veteran guy like Rondo and saying, let the best guy win, I guess they're, they're hoping that brings out the best in Lonzo as well. That said, it could backfire magnificently. Like, if he, <laughs> if, if Rondo does start over ball... Then and then you know imagine Lavar Ball's reaction to Rondo pushing his son out of the starting starting gig after only one year. So he probably should. I mean, look, I give Rondo crap mostly because of 
you know, I think he's somewhat overrated as a player in terms of what he provides on a statistical level. And I think his defense is extremely overrated. Mm-hmm. Having said that, there is no doubt in my mind he's one of the most intelligent basketball players in our league. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, there's mm-hmm. I can I get that, and based on that and based on what we saw from Lonzo last year, there's a significant uh, distance between their two basketball IQs at this point, which is fair. Like ball is what 20? 20, 21, yeah. 20? Yeah. yeah. So that's fine. But Rondo right now will definitely take smarter decisions. He's also a apparently a, a terrific and great teammate that mm-hmm. everyone seems to love, mm-hmm. yeah, unless you're Rayon for some reason. <laughs> right. Um, so LeBron and him might go into this huge love fest, which does carry a lot of weight in a locker room. Mm-hmm. So what we have to acknowledge here is that might work out, but then if you have, then you might have the other side of the locker room with Lonzo Ball trying right. to pull in his guys. Yep. Like Josh Hart and Kyle Kuzma going, hey, you know what? We're the young guns. We're supposed to be the future. Look at those old geezers, mm-hmm. you know, trying to take over. What the hell? Whatever. I am nervous about a divided locker room is what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, I I think that's fair. Um, here's my question. Could they start alongside one another? Could you do Rondo as the nominal point guard, Alonzo at the two, Ingram at the three, LeBron at the four, and then I I guess JaVale McGee at the five, depending on sure. who else they bring in. Sure. Why not? Like he's six right? six. Yeah. Right. Like, and he's and he's you're... he's a surprisingly good defender. He rebounds. Mm-hmm. Why not? You'd have so many playmakers on the court too. I mean, I guess the the argument against that for the Lakers is then who's gonna run the point off the bench, but again it goes just Stacker. Right, exactly. Exactly. I you... feel this whole idea about players coming off the bench has become like such a such a such a debated issue more than it should be. Mm-hmm. Like you can stacker minutes. Like right. just because you have a starting lineup doesn't mean they have to play every single minute <laughs> alongside <laughs> each other. Right. Like when we talk about second units, it's not like you have well on occasion you do, but very rarely like, do you Toronto have like five. Had a yeah, Toronto five had man swap usually. Right. But th- that's not the norm. So. Right. Right. I would I wouldn't have a problem with that. The thing I would have a problem with, with in that scenario is where's the shooters? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it just feels like the Lakers added so much volatility to this locker room with Rondo and Lance Stevenson and Javale. It's like it could blow up spectacularly. Mm-hmm. That said, you know, we were talking when LeBron signed about how he didn't necessarily choose the best basketball fit in terms of short-term contention. Right. But now that Boogie's on the Warriors, it might not matter, man. Like, I don't know what the Lakers could have done. To I didn't get... think it mattered anyway. Right. They weren't going, like... But even they if they going. traded for Kawhi this year, like, if, if they trade Ingram and Kuzma and whatever, right. multiple firsts to get Kawhi Leonard... Does this Lakers team beat that Warriors team? No way. Well, it's in the conversation because we don't know, you know, regarding Bookie and his health. Mm-hmm. But it's in the con- like you add a top five player, again, uh, two top players, two top five players like in LeBron and Kawhi. Like, yeah, then you deserve the benefit of the doubt to be named in that same conversation. Like, then they're on that same tier as Houston was last year. Mm-hmm. Then they basically just overtake Houston's spot. Assuming Kawhi's healthy, like we also all right, yeah, obviously, right. But we, I mean, we can't give 
the Warriors no benefit that that with Boogie and say Kawhi's going to come back, be totally fine, have no setbacks. Because we, like, we don't that, know. Both of these guys are wild cards at this point. That's fair, but but Boogie's injury, like, you, hey, you're the one married to a doctor. The Boogie injury <laughs> is yeah. by far the worst injury, right? Um, at least in terms of, like, a... I, I think if Kawhi's is degenerative or if it, like, Boogie's is a one-time thing. Like, he, right. I mean, it, like, his the tendon will heal. He could always re-rupture it, whereas Kawhi's just could be, like, this lingering thing. So they're just two very separate injuries. That said, in terms of, like, a devastating in- injury impact on your body, yeah, tearing your Achilles is far worse. Yeah, okay. The, not saying that the Kawhi thing isn't scary, because it right. does. Right, yeah. That's fair. Okay, but if they get a Kawhi, I'm still putting that in them in the same conversation. Fair. Because so I believe that Kawhi is going to be healthy. That's solely why. And let's... He's a top five player. I mean, yeah. we seem to we seem to be, for, to be forgetting that. I mean, everyone's talking about, oh, this should have gone after Boogie, this should have gone after this and this and that, but, like, Kawhi is, is the guy, right? Like, next year, even if they go after a Jimmy Butler or a Clay Thompson or something... Like, I would always look back at this if they don't get Kawhi as, oh, the one who got away. Well, the one smart thing they're doing is signing a bunch of guys to one-year deals. So they're, right. they are effectively sending the message to Kawhi, we have cleared the decks for you. There will be, you will have $32.7 million earmarked with your name on it next summer. Mm-hmm. Even if you get traded to Boston or Philly or wherever, we got you. You're coming out, and that worked summer. out so well with Paul George. Yeah, I, well, I know you, you, you. It's true, but like, you, they're two different people. Of course they are. I'm just saying that you can't rely on it. Like right. that, you don't. You don't know. I, I have this thing where if a guy of that caliber is available, you, you go, go for him. You yeah. take him now. I think the Lakers have less incentive to trade for him now than I'd say if I'm ranking it. Philly has the most, Boston has the second most, Lakers are much further lower. Because hmm. Philly, yeah. like, Philly needs to get that star, and if he's willing to re-sign there, that's it. I mean, game over. Boston, right. they're favored in the East right now. They're going to make it to the finals in all likelihood. The, the main reason they should trade for Kawhi is to make sure Philly doesn't. Because if Philly does, that <laughs> evens the tables. But otherwise, Boston fine either way, and then the Lakers like just based on the continued tenor of this, Kawhi really wants to go to the Lakers conversation. It seems like you know Paul George. It, I, I saw it from Sean Devaney of Sporting News, where he's like Paul George just like likes going home, and he would have liked to join the Lakers, but he'd find going to OKC. Kawhi had that stuff with like the Jordan brand where his negotiations broke down earlier this year and his contract's up in September, and he wants to go to a bigger market. So, yeah, Philly and Boston are also bigger markets, but apparently, like, L.A. Yeah, is just LA. the... Yeah. He could earn more if he goes to L.A. than anywhere else. So, yep. it's going to be... It'll be fun. To, that's the one big storyline to monitor from here on out, but... Yeah. Hey, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. 
I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Uh, the other major news of Monday was since the Lakers renounced Julius Randle, he quickly went to the New Orleans Pelicans, which it's kind of like a three-man rotation here. Like, <laughs> they renounced Randall, brought in Rondo. Randall went to the Pelicans, and then since Randall went to the Pelicans, Boogie was not needed with the Pelicans. He went to the Warriors. So, yeah. Yeah, so he is now two years, $18 million with a second-year player option, which is, I mean, so much lower than what I thought he was going to get this summer. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jabari Parker is sad right now. Oh my god, yeah. Jabari might have to take the qualifying offer. Oh man, a man with two ACL tears in the same knee taking the qualifying offer is just a scandal. But okay, yeah. But I mean, if Milwaukee, no one has cap space, and if Sacramento isn't willing to do it, or Atlanta's not willing to do it, or Chicago's not willing to do it, there's no other option. It's either take whatever crap offer Milwaukee is giving you, and you're damn sure they will use Randall's contract oh, as yeah. a template or take the qualifying offer. Yep. No, but, you're right. That's, but, yeah, it's, it's a hell of a deal for New Orleans. I yeah. love the fit there. Yeah. He's healthy, unlike Boogie, so you get a certain level of security there that you didn't have with Boogie, which I feel is just so crucial for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and very much like Boogie... He's one of those guys who can pass when he's on the run or in a yep. standstill. He can pass from on top of the key. He can pass from the post. He can pass from the wing. Like, those two guys are very similar in their passing um, patterns, I mm-hmm. would say, mm-hmm. which I feel is is a huge win for the Pelicans because that means they can kind of insert him into that role, yeah. at least from a passing perspective, and run some of the same sets. What Rantel isn't is a shooter, which mm-hmm. is mildly concerning, but he is a great rebounder. He can push the ball. And, you know, after the weight loss last summer, like, he actually improved his explosivity a lot more. Yeah. Which I, like, we talk about this sometimes, you know, oh, a guy comes into the league, he has a rep of not being athletic. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he, people can lose weight. People <laughs> right. can get in shape. People right. can actually change their entire body so they're more effective. And look, looking at Randall play last season in the open court, was a completely different scenario from years past. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy is running hard. He's quick. He makes quick decisions. If he and AD comes out on the field and just runs, I mean, it could lead to so many lobs. It could lead to so many open shots. And then if you throw Nikola Mirotic into the equation when Anthony Davis sits, mm-hmm. and you know you play Randall at center and and Nico at the at the four, like you can sort of mimic that same thing right. just on the wing instead I mean I like that that front court rotation what they need now is a small forward mm-hmm. because Solomon Hill is not gonna it's not gonna do that for you <laughs> right that's been the story of the Pelicans over the last couple of years is they yeah. just have a terrible wing rotation yeah I mean the, the worst thing the Lakers did last year was ask Randall to give the ball up in transition and give it to Lonzo Ugh. yeah because Randall is devastating in transition like he he really really is yeah and the pelicans if they run at a fast pace this year they're going to take advantage with randall and ad it's i mean yeah like 
if they weren't going to bring back Boogie Randall's the best alternative they could have found this summer. Mm-hmm. It sounds like, so are you saying, would you start Randall over Nico? Uh, it's so difficult because I think the fit with AD is better with Nico, mm-hmm. but I think Randall is so very clearly the better player. Mm. Interesting. So I'm not sure. What I do know is this. Randall played under 27 minutes last year. <laughs> that yeah. needs to change. Yep. Because look at his production. In, 20, in 26.7 minutes, he averaged 16.1 points, yep. 8 rebounds, 2.6 assists, and got to the line 5.2 times a game. Mm-hmm. Like, that's when you adjust that for, for proper minutes, that's insane. Yeah. Like, that's insane production in a very limited window. And I think New Orleans has a has an understanding of, hey, if we give this guy more minutes and we don't have him shoulder as much of the responsibility because we have, you know, unlike the Lakers had last year, Anthony Davis, mm-hmm. that's going to help a whole lot. And then right. when you throw Drew Holiday into the equation as well, like, Randall can actually take possessions off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm not sure whether I would start him or I'd have him come off the bench. Either way... I would just play those those three front court guys like thirty two minutes a pop because mm-hmm. that like that averages is all out like right just just play those guys thirty two minutes maximize whatever you can get from those three and then you can interchange them because in that way I also feel like the guy who's coming off the bench to open the game like he understands oh I'm just as valued a member of this front court as right. the other two right so I think there's there's sense in doing that and the good thing is both. Anthony Davis and Randall can play either position. So oh yeah, does, play center. Yeah, yeah, so it like doesn't they're they're all basically interchangeable. I don't think you want Nico as your center necessarily. Yeah, Nico at least defensively. Needs either as a center or a small forward. Yeah, you're right. You want him as your forward, but like he, whoever he's paired with, either Davis or Randall. Like if you start Nico and Davis, which is what I would do, just because when yeah, Boogie went down, Nico came in, they had a lot of success with that. They Right. absolutely murdered the trailblazers with that lineup mm-hmm. then you bring randall off the bench you could you know if you keep i guess you'd probably keep davis in there for longer so you'd bring brandall off the bench as the four and then when davis sits and you bring nico back in you shift him over to the five and then you kind of right. just run that three-man rotation and yeah it's like <laughs> the west the west is just going to be an absolute nightmare this year it's Jonathan Sharks wrote a column today at the Ringer about just how like the Western middle class is absurd. Like there are going to be a lot of good teams that miss the playoffs this year because yeah. you'll you'll have the Warriors and the Rockets presumably. But you know, mm-hmm. assuming everyone stays healthy on every team, you got the Warriors and the Rockets, OKC, Utah, uh, New Orleans, the Lakers. The Mavericks are like trying to be competitive. So are the Grizzlies. So are the Clippers. You still have the Blazers out there, the Nuggets and the Timberwolves. Well, the Nuggets should be fine. The Timberwolves will be interesting. Not so much. We, no, we will, I mean, we, we won't necessarily discuss them today, but it feels like that situation uh, <laughs> is on the brink of boiling over. But even still, like there are going to be more good, deserving teams in playoff spots than there are actual playoff spots. So someone or multiple teams most likely are going to miss out and, you know, are going to look at the East and been like, damn, we really should have changed to that 1-16 model this year. Can I just ask you a question? If you look at the Western Conference right now, 
Mm-hmm. Let's assume that you, we actually had implemented the 1 to 16 mm-hmm. system. Oh, man. What Western Conference squads would you have right now in a league-wide pool as missing the playoffs if it's 1 to 16? No conferences. But look at the current Western Conference. How Kings, many teams definitely. do you even have? Kings, definitely. Me, Yeah, me too. Suns, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm there too. But I, I think they're a lot better than than people think. Yeah, I agree. I just but think yeah. like Aiton in his first year, if those right. if he doesn't pick up defensively right away, and I think it's yeah. gonna take him some time. Just you know, it took Towns it's still taking Towns some time. You're right. Okay. Um, so Kings, Suns. <laughs> I know, it's it's a fair question. Like you could make a case against the Clippers, the Mavericks, and the Grizzlies, but and you could also make a case for them, right? Yeah, like there. I think it's fair if it, if there was a one to sixteen right now, I think you'd probably have two guaranteed. I think you'd have at least eleven teams from the West that make the playoffs. Yeah, and maybe even more. Like, I mean, I think like yeah. the Celtics, Sixers, Raptors will be in. I think the Pacers and the Bucks would both be in because the the Bucks are going to be much better this year with Budenholzer than I, they I were. I think so too. Yeah. So the Wizards are probably the cutoff, just because they could really suck without. I mean, we still don't they know could. what their center situation is going to be. Uh, and I guess the Heat too are lingering out there, but like, yeah, the the Hawks, Cavs, Bulls, Knicks are all going to be garbage. Oh yeah, dead. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Hornets are probably going to blow their team apart at some point. Magic are going to be bad. The Nets will be frisky, but they wouldn't they wouldn't make it over any of these Western but teams. But I love the fact that you you mentioned two teams with absolute certainty, and that's it. Like, there are two teams where you're absolutely certain in the Western Conference yeah. they won't make it, Yeah. but that's really it. Opening the door for 13 teams. And that's, like, everyone who's saying the Warriors are going to ruin the NBA, blah, 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 blah. Like... This Western Conference playoff race starts day one. Like, every regular season game matters. For the people who say the regular season doesn't matter, look at the Western Conference, listen to our conversation for the last five minutes. That shit starts from day one. And there's probably going to be a similar situation to there was this year with the Nuggets and Timberwolves having a play-in game on the final night of the regular season. Like, it's that middle class is just going to be way too crowded for there to be, you know, the six, seven, eight seeds to run away with it. It's crazy. It's going to be crazy. Fun. Yeah, it is. It is. Like It actually is. Because when people say, oh, you know what? I'm not going to follow the NBA this year because I already know who wins. Then you're talking about one series at the right. end of the year. Yeah. Like you have seven and a half months of entertainment otherwise. Like, get out of here. Like, like there's a lot to, yeah, <laughs> to like. I want to see what, like, how all of these young prospects develop. I want to see yeah, how yeah. how LeBron meshes with the Lakers, how Boogie meshes right. with the Warriors, how all of these new imports mesh with their new teams. There's this season's going to be really fun. Like, yes, the Warriors are going to win, but right. there, as you said, there's a lot to watch between now and what June first when exactly then there will and be it's a not just like outcome. new faces. It's also like you know second year guys, mm-hmm. like how they've improved over the summer. Yeah. What about the first year guys? Is some of those guys going to take the leap, which you usually see in the first year? Like, right. there's so many you know storylines that we can follow. It's uh, the NBA. It's more than just wins and losses. Like, there's mm-hmm. a whole component off the side of it with storylines and ideas and 
like it's a 24-7 league and we seem fixated on one series next June. Right. Like shut up. Shut yeah. up. Doesn't right. matter. Yeah. Your team spoiler, even before the Warriors added Boogie, your team probably wasn't going to win the title anyway unless yeah. you're a Celtics yeah. fan. So <laughs> sorry to break it for you. Yeah. Like nothing <laughs> oh, got ruined. Are you telling this me the Hornets won't win? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, I was hoping this was the year. No. Kemba's about to take that eighth year leap, man. Yeah. <laughs> Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store <laughs> All right, let's. There are two notable re-signings yesterday. One, Derek Favors back to the Jazz. Two years, thirty-six million. Uh, the second year is completely non-guaranteed, so it's effectively Oof. a one-year, eighteen million dollar yeah. deal. I like it for the Jazz. Yeah, I I love I love it for the Jazz. I love it for Favors in terms of the monetary value. But I I am wondering why he didn't go somewhere else. Maybe the money just weren't there. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. Then take a one year, but th- I hope next year. He goes somewhere else so he can be the starting center somewhere. I think he, I think it's time. He's mm-hmm. playing sort of out of position at the four. He's not really a stretch for us. They needed. Yep. Eh, it's it is what it is, but it's it's unfortunate. Like if I could copy Nikola Mirotic so he could be on both the Pelicans and the Jazz, mm-hmm. I would do it immediately because Nico is the type of guy the Jazz I feel at least needs alongside Gobert. Mm, yeah. Just to straight out the defense a little bit more. Yeah. 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 Oh man, that well Nico's going to be a free agent next summer, so maybe that's why they oh. Oh. structured it yeah. as they did. Yeah, I mean that would be interesting. Yeah, I I I like it for the I like it for both sides, frankly. Like if if the big money offers weren't there, and they probably weren't, because when Dallas filled their hole at center, that was it. Yep. Go cash in for a year, and then go try your luck again next summer, and. In the meantime, stay on a jazz team who you've been, you know, you started to find a groove with last year with Gobert, even though you are probably playing out of position. And then go cash in next summer. But, like, I, I like I like it for the jazz in the sense that, like, it's good on them for not trying to lowball him when cap space yeah, oh yeah. doesn't really matter for them. Like, they weren't going to replace him with whatever cap space. You know, if he left, they weren't going to find an adequate replacement. And on a one-year deal, who gives a shit? Like, pay, you know, reward him for what he's done and how big of a piece of your culture yeah. he is. So They did him right. They yeah. did him right. And you know what? That counts. I Moving agree. forward, they are building themselves a brand. Mm-hmm. I mean, to do right about their players. You know, players know these things. You know, yeah. We as fans and analysts are sitting here and talking about moves that are in the now. Mm-hmm. But, like... These things they they linger for for a while because if you are kidding yourself if you believe a a player to say oh I'm not thinking about my free agency next year <laughs> right yeah right. he is thinking about it he has been thinking about it for the past year yeah so he's looking at those things like oh Derek Favors got that from the Jazz oh mm-hmm. man they they have a loyal system right there I'm I might need to take a meeting yeah. that these things go places 
I, I agree. I mean, honestly, it's why, like, the Magic signed Aaron Gordon to four years, $84 million. If you look at that deal and compare it to Julius Randle, it looks like the Magic overpaid for Aaron Gordon. But, like, they did right by him, too. That's a they good did. compromise. They didn't give him a full five-year max. They gave him almost half of that. But, you know, they gave him, like, about 20, I think around $20 million less than his, actually more, a little bit more than yeah. $20 million less than yeah. his. Uh, four-year max and but he's earning 21 million right right. a year but it's yeah so he's still like he he is still rich you know his family is set up for the rest of its life as in like generations down uh but yeah i mean i i think there is value in doing right by guys as you said and like establishing yourself as a brand especially with your homegrown guys or like guys who have committed to your franchise long term i think there is value in giving out that perception to the rest of the nba because then as free agents are surveying the market and they see oh you know the not only are the jazz a good team a good competitive team they have donovan mitchell and rudy gobert they could legit be you know they made it to the second round last year but also like they're not dickheads like i wouldn't mind playing (laughs) For that team, with that front office, that ownership group, I, I think it goes a long way. And for a small market team like Utah, especially, that isn't necessarily a free agent destination for the top-tier guys, it's especially valuable to set up that reputation so you start getting into the conversation of some of the second-tier like the second right. tier people. Completely agree. So the other notable re-signing was possibly the most predictable move in free agency. J.J. Redick back with the Philadelphia 76ers. One-year deal worth somewhere between 12 and $13 million. I don't think we've seen the official numbers, and I'm guessing the Sixers are probably waiting to lock in a certain number until mm. they figure out what they, they have about $14 million in cap space remaining uh, pending a Jared Bayless buyout, so maybe they're waiting right. to see what they do with that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I like it. I have no complaints. JJ was a really valuable addition to the team last year. Getting him for, you know, ten to eleven million less than what they did last year, I think is good. They still have again the the problem with the Sixers is roster spots at this point. You would have to assume now that LeBron is locked in to the Lakers, they are going to seriously consider waiving Jared Bayless and trying to reach a buyout. Whether he gives money back or not, they just need his roster spot. Um, right. Still need a backup big, whether it's Amir Johnson. They've been linked. Alex Kennedy of Hoopsype has mentioned they are seriously considering Kyle of Quinn of the of the uh, formerly of the Knicks, which I'd be a huge fan of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're probably going to go after a wing, Tyreek Evans, maybe Wayne Ellington. Both of those guys are from the Philly area. Uh, I'd be on board with either of those two, but. Yep. Yeah, this is this is plan B for the Sixers. It was if they didn't get like I've seen some Sixers fans in my mentions uh say they want to go after a Jabari Parker or they like they're mad that they didn't get go after a Julius Randle or someone or like someone in the restricted free agent class. Dante Exum's still hanging out there. Yeah. And I get it, but you have to give restricted free agents have to get at least two years not counting options. And I really right. don't think the Sixers want to cut into their cap space next year. I would agree. I, I don't see the need for it. Yeah. Like, if they strike out next year, then they'll probably go after a restricted free agent. And yep. 
the pickings may be slim because you figure Towns is going to get his max deal at some point. The Knicks are going to wait, but they'll max Kristaps out next summer. Miles Turner is probably going to get a pretty nice deal from the Pacers. Devin Booker is going to get a good deal from the Suns, the but Suns, yeah. yeah, but like they'll they'll find someone. Like if they don't, if they if they don't get a top tier guy next summer, whether it's Kawhi, Jimmy Butler, whoever, that's when they'll start most likely locking into these longer term deals. Just because after at that point, Ben Simmons extension will kick in the next year. If Dario Saric is still around, the same goes for him. So. They have now a 12-month window, basically, to spend their cap space before it all goes away. So, And, I mean, to Philly fans out there, you're going after the wrong buck. Who? Chris oh, Middleton. Middleton. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant Giannis. Cause I'm, I'm oh, no. So, I'm so no, fixated. No. On, like, the, the Jabari rumors are complete bullshit. Let's just put yep. that out there. It is an agent trying to drive up his player's of market. Of course. Of there, course. Like, there is no... If they're not bullshit, I'm going to quit the Sixers. That's <laughs> no, how, you're not. No, that... Honestly, that is how dumb of a move it would be. I would do... Or I would, like, fake quit. Like, how you fake quit the Bulls. <laughs> but... Uh, I'm, like, I'm going to accept that one. Yeah. yeah. But, like, I, there is literally no point to bringing in Jabari Parker. You have... your Like, the front court is not your issue. And Jabari Parker cannot play the three. He's a four. That's it. You've got Ben yeah, Simmons, Saric, like and Embiid. Yeah, like and straight four. And you have Ben Simmons, Saric, and Embiid already. Like you need more wings. You need more guys mm-hmm. who can create off the dribble, create their own shot. Jabari, there. I mean, you know, I get it. He's a former number two overall pick. He had scored twenty points per game before he went down with a second ACL blah, tear. Blah blah blah. Two yeah. ACL tears. That's all right. you need to know. It's a concern. It would be very, like, I'm sorry. Very... I, I hope that he bounces back. I hope he's. I, I don't wish injury upon anyone. Right. So that's not the key here. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying that you have to be cautious when. Look, I. Whenever people mention Jabari Parker on Twitter, like as a candidate, the first thing I go to in my mind is not, oh, he's explosive. He can score. He can do all these things. It's two ACLs here. <laughs> right. That's the immediate thought I go to. Yeah. Which is, which is where he's at right now. Yep. And that's very, very unfortunate. I would love to be able to like analyze him off the merits of his game instead. Mm-hmm. But that's just not where we're at. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, by the way, just to comment quickly on the Reddick signing, or re-signing, mm-hmm. I, I came across an interesting stat, which is really, really ridiculous. So, J.J. Reddick had a true shooting percentage of 61, which is... Let's first and foremost, that's insane. Mm-hmm. That's that's an insane efficiency number. And it's especially insane for someone who takes as many threes and and, and he's just out there so much on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. His average distance on field goals, mm. 20.1 feet. I believe that. And that's a 61.4 true shooting percentage. Yeah. You don't really get better than that. <laughs> right, yeah. You need shooters around Ben Simmons. He's yeah. the best shooter on the market. This really? I mean, these these are Ray Allen numbers yeah. at this point. Yep. And and I mean, with all respect to Ray, like he, he was he was spearheading a different era, but mm-hmm. JJ Reddick right now is this this era's Ray Allen. I like that. Yeah, I mean, yes, Boston targeted him on defense in the playoffs. Uh, so be it. Right. Ideally you will add the Sixers will add one more wing, whether it's Evans, 
Ellington, someone else to be determined to mm-hmm. avoid that if they do do it again. But what he provided as a shooter is absolutely essential. They were always going to bring him back if they didn't get LeBron. This is like no one should have a problem with this deal. It's a wonderful deal, and at twelve yeah. to thirteen million, that's like you said, ten to eleven million less than last year. Right. And last year he averaged a career high. Yeah. So like he, I don't think that Redick is going to just bottom out and be like a twelve point scorer no. this year. No. no, he's probably going to maintain like a 15, 16 point scoring average. Mm-hmm. That this is a steal. Yeah. Yep. All right, let's do a lightning round with some of the more minor signings. One just came through, so we'll start there. Jeff Green to the Washington Wizards on a one-year oh. minimum deal. It did? Yeah. Oh, it did. Yeah. Well, back to, I guess, Washington, didn't he? He played, he at, played Georgetown, at Georgetown, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm ecstatic about this. So, Troy Brown's role is not going to be as big as I thought it'd be now, which nope. is unfortunate. But, yeah, yeah I mean... Uh, you needed someone, right? You needed someone to, to solidify the bench who can play the three and the four. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Because Mike Scott left to the Clippers. Yeah. This yeah. this is okay. This yeah. is okay. It's fine. This is They're just greasing the wheels on a Kevin Durant acquisition. <laughs> it's their light years ahead, those Wizards. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I'm just happy for Jeff so he can go back to D.C. Oh, man, he's going to get to go to Wisey's all the time. That son of a bitch. There was a, a really good deli right by Georgetown. And even after Jeff was in the NBA, I, you know, I lived right by there. Uh, so I, I would see him and like some of the former his former teammates at Georgetown roll up during the summer and still go to YZ's. So, Jeff, enjoy your chicken madness, my friend. You, you earned it. Um, who else? The other big, not big, but medium-sized? Notable signing yesterday was Nerlens Noel to OKC. Two years. Oh, did he get seventy million? He did not. He got <laughs> close to that. He got two years, three point five million with a second year player option. Oh, yeah. Nerlens, that was not a good move. No, buddy. No, it was not. But to be fair, he would have been locked into somewhat purgatory in Dallas, or at least yeah, you know, for the next at least year gotten or two. his money though. Yeah, then yeah. I like the move for OKC. It's oh it's, yeah, it's absolutely. Like there's no risk involved. I mean, Nerlens is a very good defensive player. Mm-hmm. He, there's also a strong chance he's just an absolute dickhead off the court, which is just the impression you've gotten based on how how quickly Rick Carlisle soured on him. There were some rumblings behind the scenes in Philly about him and Brett Brown. You know, yeah. Let's just say he needs to get his head on straight. If he does, and OKC is the place he does it, it's going to be a huge, huge addition to that team. Because, that, I mean, I stand by this. OKC has a chance to be a top three defensive team next year. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think that's completely fair. I mean, they have a, they re-signed Jeremy Grant as well, mm-hmm. who's a strong defensive player, got Paul George back, Andre Roberson is going to be healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nerland's coming off the bench I'm guessing to play both the four and the five because defensively, like he can he can get those minutes there at the four. Right. I think, yeah, like and he's like, athletic enough. If it depends on what what if anything you get out of Patrick Patterson this year, but I could see a world in which Nerlens is the more switchy of the two. Yeah, 
Um, I mean, he's going to generate steals. He's going to get block shots. He's going to get rebounds. He's going to give you the occasional mid-range jump shot, and otherwise he's going to mimic like DeAndre Jordan to the best of his ability, just set a screen, roll to rim, and see what happens. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he, he needs to redefine himself in, yeah. in OKC. And I think him accepting this type of deal, which is really a prove-it deal, mm-hmm. might be a, a sign that he's stepping in the right direction. Agreed. Agreed. So, uh, honestly, I mean, I, I hold no bitterness to, toward New Orleans. He was the first leg of the process. I, mm. I honestly That's hope... why you bring him up so often. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I honestly hope he... I think he has a lot of potential still. I just hope he lives up to it. And I think... I'm excited to see. OKC is going to be my Western Conference team, I think. Yeah, I, really... I mean, it's always fun to see Westbrook, you know, miss 20 shots a <laughs> But I love Steven Adams. I love Paul George. I love Jeremy. They're really just reassembling the process guys because Jeremy was also a process guy. Oh, yeah, he was. That's it, right. This is just Sixers West now. <laughs> uh, Seth Curry went to Portland, continuing the trend of Seth Curry getting horrendously overpaid it's a two-year underpaid oh yeah sorry underpaid uh two-year deal uh 2.75 million guaranteed i think the second year is either a player option or non-guaranteed i don't remember but either way it's good on you portland like it's a tradition like no other seth curry i can't believe that's i mean this is the second time in two years it's wild I mean, or in three years, sorry, yeah. 2016. Right, 2016 right. was the year he signed in Dallas, Dallas for yeah. $6 million total over two seasons. Yep. Oh, you know, I don't understand why my teams keep missing him. Like, I, he's right there. I'm he's sure so that, good. you know, him missing the entire season with a stress injury didn't help, but he's obviously right, reportedly but... healthy again. And, yeah, he's like a really effing good Still shooter. Still shoot, I'm guessing. That's yeah. really, yeah. And, like... You can say he's going to get played off the floor in the playoffs because he's just not going to be able to hold his own defensively, but that's true for a lot of guards, especially a lot of shooters. It's mm-hmm. And at $2.75 million, it doesn't matter. Like, he's a perfect bench. Like, how much did Jody Meeks make last year from the Wizards? Oh, I, I'm not sure, but more. Yeah, a lot more than Seth a Curry. Lot more. And I can yeah. tell you I'd much rather have Seth Curry than Joe oh, yeah. Meeks. Oh yeah. Yep. Um Anthony Tolliver to the Timberwolves on a one year five point seven five million dollar deal. They used their presumably they're using some of their mid level exception for that, which means they have hard capped themselves. He's good. Yeah. I mean I like he it. Is. Yeah. It's it's fine. Like he's a he's a floor stretcher. Um the thing is, like he's he's gonna play Minnesota now, so he's definitely gonna have fresh legs for next season. <laughs> That's true. I hope he's enjoying his five minute a night roll off the bench. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and the other one was Jose Calderon to Detroit, one year, two point four million minimum deal. I, I have no comment on that one nope. because I mean I don't understand why Detroit would sign actual dirt, but that's <laughs> that's fine. Like I. I like them just or not that dirt dust. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, sorry, (laughs) dirt sounded very derogatory. Yeah, yeah. I I just like them leaning into having every point guard. I think they're just going to have a roster of fifteen point guards soon. Yeah, 
I like Sounds it. Right. It's a, yep. a bold strategy to really rebuild Reggie Jackson's confidence. Keep bringing in all these scrub point guards. Great. I mean, what a, he he's a veteran guy. I guess he, they, they liked him in Cleveland last year. Maybe he can... I hope it's more for an off-court mentorship for Jackson than it is hoping he's going to provide much on the court, but... Uh, I mean, it would have to be, right? Yeah. This, this is what happens when you don't have a GM in free agency. <laughs> yep. So we will obviously keep our eye out for other major big signings. I mean, a lot of them we, we thought... We were going to have to wait till Friday or Saturday until the moratorium is over just because uh, restricted free agents can't become on the clock by then. But don't worry. The madness is not over yet. you still got Clint Capella out there. You have Jabari Parker. The inevitable Zach Levine overpay that causes Mort to melt down. So get excited for that. It is coming in a couple of days in all likelihood. Until then... Please follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bio, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. We'd love any feedback. And we're now being hosted on the Almighty Baller Podcast Network, so check them out on Twitter at AlmightyCasts. Until next time, I'm Brian Taporic, and I was joined, as always, by Morton Jensen. Have a good one, Mort. You too, Brian. I guess I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> Based on how this is going, yeah. And everyone, have a happy 4th of July, all of our American listeners. Don't blow your hands off with fireworks. Also remember, a lot of people Blow Trump's off instead. (laughs) Also remember, a lot of people have very noise-anxious dogs, myself included. So don't shoot fireworks off at 2 a.m. Because you're only making a bunch of shelter dogs very, very nervous. But be safe. Have fun. I'm going to eat some hot chicken. It's going to be a good day. Sounds good, Brian. Take care in the meantime. All right, you too. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance.